This took place 20 years ago when I was 12 years old. Almost all of the details were kept from me at the time due to my age, so I didn't find out until much later what actually took place. My mother, understandably, still doesn't like really talking about any of this, as it was a really traumatic experience. It's only with hindsight that I've realized how genuinely creepy and horrific this whole situation really was. In early 2000, I had just started high school. We lived a little way from the school, so my mother used to drop me off in the mornings and pick me up in the afternoons. On the 15th of February that year, I headed to meet my mom at the usual pickup point across the road from my school, but I was surprised to find my grandmother waiting for me there instead. My grandmother told me that my mom wasn't able to pick me up, so I went with her and we picked my brother up from his primary school. My sisters were both away on school trips. We went back to my grandparents' house, and my nana and my grandfather sat us down to tell us something terrible had happened. Our mom's close friend, Vivian, had died the previous day. They didn't go into any details other than that mom was obviously extremely upset. We were upset too. Vivian was a lovely lady, and we had spent a lot of time at her house over the years. Not only because Vivian and my mom were close, but also because Vivian's husband, Andrew, was my brother's Cub Scout leader, and one of their sons was my brother's friend. At that age, nobody I had known had ever died, so it was quite difficult to process what had happened. We'd only just seen her the previous weekend. From my perspective, as a naive 12-year-old, the following days passed mostly without incident apart from my mother's obvious sadness. In hindsight, there was also an air of disquiet around her, but I didn't really clock it at the time. Around two weeks after Vivian's death, I was at home with my mother and brother while my stepfather, a barrister, was out for dinner with a client. It was early evening, perhaps 7pm, and I believe my older sister was at her boyfriend's house while my younger sister was at basketball practice. Our house had a large, open-plan, L-shaped living room, which encompassed the kitchen, living room, and dining room areas. My brother was playing in his bedroom while I was sitting on the couch watching TV in the living room area with my mom. From that vantage point, I had a clear view of the front door. The security light on our front porch flickered on, and there was a knock at the door. My mother got up to answer it, and as she opened the door, she took a step back and visibly stiffened. Vivian's husband, Andrew, was standing on our front porch, asking to see my stepfather. I remember my mom explaining that my stepdad wasn't available to talk at the moment, and that if Andrew needed to speak to him, then it would be better to leave a message. Andrew clearly realized my stepdad wasn't home, and insisted on waiting for him. My mom repeated that it would be better to call another time, but he easily sidestepped her into the house and strode into the living room area. I can still picture my mom's forceful cheerfulness and frozen smile as he sat down on the couch opposite mine and asked for a cup of tea while he waited. Mom, still with that strange smile plastered to her face, asked me to make tea while she told V's husband that she'd call to find out what time my stepdad would be home. I made tea for all three of us, and sat back down on the couch, making awkward small talk with him, 
while my mom repeatedly dialed my stepdad's mobile number. He wasn't answering. Andrew was talking to me, but I remember thinking it was rude that he didn't seem to be paying much attention to what I was saying. His eyes were constantly flicking over to my mom, who was standing at the phone in the kitchen area around five meters away from us. The whole thing felt really weird to me. She eventually got through to my stepdad, and, still smiling, said something along the lines of, Uh, darling, Andrew is here. Yes, here. In the living room. Yes, he said he's waiting for you. You won't be long, will you? My stepdad was home within 20 minutes and convinced Andrew to leave with promises that they could speak on the phone the following day. I found out years later that my mother, stepfather, and the rest of their friends, along with Vivian's parents and brothers, all strongly suspected that Andrew had murdered Vivian. My siblings and I didn't attend the funeral. My mom felt we were too young, I think. But I later discovered that a police presence was needed at Vivian's funeral, which Andrew attended, because Vivian's brothers were so angry that there were concerns that they may assault Andrew, as they were convinced he had murdered her. That is how intensely people suspected him. My mom was utterly terrified when he showed up at our door that night, but had been desperately trying both not to antagonize him and not to frighten me. It transpired that he had been interviewed by the police earlier that day, and it was pretty clear they were building a case against him. He wanted legal advice and potential representation from my stepfather, who refused. According to my mom, Vivian and Andrew had been having marital problems for a long time, and Vivian had confided in my mom and others that she had felt increasingly uncomfortable around him and that his temper could be frightening for both her and their children. They were already sleeping in separate bedrooms, but he didn't seem to be accepting that the marriage was all but over. The previous weekend, she had told my mom and others that she was planning to officially leave him and that she was going to be making it clear to him that it was over. Uh, she was bludgeoned to death with a steel rod in her bedroom on Valentine's Day, when she returned home from dropping her boys off from school. Having supposedly interrupted a burglary, though police immediately realized that this was obviously staged. The contents of the drawers from the bedside table and chest of drawers had been emptied out into piles on the floor, but there was no indication that these piles had been sifted through. There was no signs of forced entry and nothing was stolen. My mom and others believed that she had potentially rejected some form of romantic gesture, and he'd snapped. However, there was blood on the piles of drawer content, yet no blood on the floor underneath, which suggested the burglary may have been staged before she even returned home that morning. Andrew tried to cover up his crime by deliberately driving to a series of shops and obtaining receipts for small purchases and making inquiries with cashiers to build an alibi. He also originally claimed that he had visited a large shopping mall on the day of the murder and walked around there for quite some time. But two weeks later, presumably when he realized the police could check CCTV and find he wasn't there, he changed his story and said he'd actually been at a very popular local nature reserve walking and reading a book. Conveniently, there is no CCTV in any part of that particular nature reserve, including the car park. He was not seen by any other walkers in that area. He had come to our house that evening after admitting earlier that day that he had initially lied about his whereabouts to the police. 
he was arrested soon after. Andrew has never admitted to the murder and was found guilty on circumstantial evidence. From there, he was sentenced to 21 years with a minimum term of 16 years, meaning he may already be out on parole. I can't find any information about him online. However, I don't want to ask my mom about it as I don't want to drag up awful memories for her. Oh, and a few years later, Andrew also went through a phase of writing letters to my younger brother, who would have been around 11 or 12, from prison, protesting his innocence, which was creepy as hell. I don't know if this is that interesting, but it really creeps me out to this day. I was in sixth grade, and every day after school, I usually walked home up this hill. The bus stop isn't that far from my house, so I never really questioned my safety while walking home. I end school at 3.10, but usually get home around 4.30, and my mom goes to work from 2pm to 10.30pm. I never really knew my dad's schedule, and every day one of my four brothers would be home waiting for me. That day I was walking home, and a man on a bike was riding on the sidewalk across from me. He kept staring at me, but I didn't think it was such a big deal at first. I started walking further and I noticed he was going the same way as me. My mom warned me that whenever this happened, I should call her or take the other route home because there were two. I didn't want to bother her, so I took the other route home, but I noticed that the man on the bike took the usual route that I take home on a daily basis. I assumed he was just a neighbor that I've never seen before, and then finally, I got home and I saw my dad in the garage talking to the guy on the bike. I felt this really weird feeling in my stomach. I said hi to my dad, and he introduced the guy on the bike as one of his close friends for years. Keep in mind that we were a close family, so I pretty much know all my parents' friends. I quickly let go of all the bad thoughts going through my head, and went on with my normal after-school routine. The next morning, I told my mom about it, and we saw the same guy that morning in our garage. Turns out, my mom has never seen that man before. If my dad and this guy were so close, how come my mom has never heard of him? For a few months, I kept seeing this guy around my house, and I steered clear of him. By now, he was familiar with everyone's schedule, so he knew when no one was home and when I came home from school. One day, I decided to get off at my friend's bus stop so we could walk to 7-Eleven and get candy and snacks. Since I got off at her bus stop, I got home earlier than usual. When I got there, one of my older brothers were sitting on the steps because he forgot his keys and he wanted to change before he went to skate with his friends. So me and him entered the house at the same time. The guy who was riding the bike was in the house, alone and stealing my dad's money and other valuables. When he saw us, he pulled out a sharp object. My older brother is much larger than him, so he quickly got the weapon out of his hand and held him down. I quickly called my dad and then he called the police. Everything got handled really quick, thanks to my brother. They questioned the guy and he said he was planning to rob us and then silence anyone who tried to stop him. Even though everything got handled, I still dwell on it. What if my brother had decided to go skate with his friends without getting changed? 
What if my brother couldn't get the weapon out of his hands? What if I got home at my regular time, and the guy ended up taking all my dad's money? My biggest concern is, also, what if I had entered the house alone? He knew that I had already been cautious around him, and what if he purposely did this robbery right before I would get home from school? I don't know, but I still have all these thoughts. After that, we put cameras around the outside of the house to ensure that no one would get in unless they'd been invited in. Always watch out for strangers, and follow your gut, even if your parents say the person's safe. And the OP added an update. First off, thank you to everyone who read my story, and thanks for all the questions and support. It's really brought me closure with this whole situation, knowing the entire truth. To start, no, my dad is not and was not a drug user or dealer, and he's never been incarcerated. I've asked him how did they meet, and he said they met when my dad was younger at his first job, when they were around 16, before him and my mother started dating. They were close friends for about a year until the guy started hanging out with other people, and they fell apart. When my dad was 18, him and mom started dating, so that would explain why she never knew about him. A few months prior to the incident, the guy and my dad reconnected through the guy's sister. She explained that he was having a hard time and fell in with the wrong crowd. His sister knew of my dad because the guy never really made many friends, and he always mentioned how my dad was one of his good friends. My dad, being a nice guy, offered to help him out, and they decided to meet that first day that I had walked home from school. The guy didn't own a car, and he lived in a motel for a while, which explained why he was riding a bike on our first encounter. The guy kept coming to our house for a few weeks, because him and my dad were catching up. And like I mentioned before, my dad owns his own shipping business. He offered the guy a job because he knew he didn't have much money. The guy worked there for about four weeks, and my dad was paying him weekly to help him get back on his feet. Spending all that time at my dad's workplace and at our house, the guy adapted to our schedules. Even my mom got used to him being around. I also asked my dad if he saw the guy acting weird any time before the incident, and he said he noticed the guy asking a bunch of questions, and a few things went missing at his workplace where he had offered the guy a job. It's a shipping business, plus my dad's regular job is a lot to keep up with, so my dad just assumed that it was his fault that some things turned up missing. Turns out, the guy was stealing little by little until the day he got caught. I also found out the day prior to the incident that he asked all my brothers where they would be that next day, which is probably how he knew that my older brother would be out skating with friends like I mentioned before. I'm still not sure on if it was a setup so that I would be home alone with him. Keep in mind that I only arrived 10 minutes earlier than I usually do. Also, when me and my brother caught him, most of the money he wanted was already packed in a duffel bag. In 10 minutes, he could have done whatever he was trying to accomplish. As for whatever happened to the guy, I'm not sure, because I don't want to ask. It felt uncomfortable, and I didn't want to put my dad in that kind of situation. Keep in mind, at the time of the actual incident, I was only in the 6th grade, so around 11 or 12. They didn't give me much info because they felt I was too young, and that's the reason why lots of things were left out. I hope this clears everything up, and if you have any more questions, please feel free to ask.
This happened a few years ago. I, 20 female, had just gotten into the Tinder scene and was pretty new to the whole thing. One of my first matches I had was with a guy named Zack. Now that's not his actual name. But Zack seemed super cool and we messaged back and forth on the platform about video games, anime, and generic other things in our lives for about a week. Finally, Zack asked if we could meet up. I figured enough time had gone by and he hadn't given out any red flags, so I said yes. We set a date for the next day, and that was where I made my first big mistake. I gave him my home address to come pick me up. Looking back on this now, I realize how stupid I was to do that, and things could have gone a lot worse than they did. The next day comes, and I spend much of my morning nervously getting ready for my first real Tinder date. Thankfully, my roommate, Sarah, also not real name, was home with me and experienced the whole ordeal. About 30 minutes before Zack was supposed to pick me up, Sarah and I watched two cars pull up in front of our four-unit apartment building. Three of these redneck-looking creepy countrymen get out. They look to be around 40, so... Sarah and I paid them no mind. The next thing we know, we hear loud banging on the main doors. Our building is locked unless you're a tenant, so they clearly did not belong. Me, being as naive as I was, thought they were there for one of the other building residents and stupidly opened the door to ask them who they were looking for. The guy in the middle said, nah, we're here for OP. At that moment, I went from friendly too confused, too scared. I didn't like the way they were looking at me. I told him that I was OP, which, third mistake. He gave me the creepiest once over and said, Oh yeah, you look like your picture. This sent chills down my spine, and I demanded to know who they were and what they wanted. The guy in the middle said they were friends of Zack and they were there to pick me up for our date. I asked him where Zack was, he just snickered and said, <laughs> he's in the car, and pointed to the second car, which was strategically parked behind a tree, so I couldn't see if Zack was actually in there or not. Now luckily, I'm not that stupid. I told them that if Zack wanted me to go out to the car, then he could come get me himself. Then, the guy on the right steps up and asks if I would like to get with him. I went to shut the door, but he shoved his boot into the frame before I could close it. The man on the right said, Well, if you won't sleep with me, then sleep with my buddies at least. At that moment, Sarah comes out of the lobby and yanks me into our apartment and locks the door. They banged on the door for a few minutes and Sarah called the cops. They left shortly after, and we watched from the living room window as they got back into the cars and drove away. There was nobody else in the car. What's even worse is a couple hours later, I got a message from Zack saying, Oh, I'm so sorry about my friends. They took my phone and they thought they would play a prank on me. Don't worry, you'll see I'm a great guy when we actually meet. Yeah, I blocked him instantly and deleted Tinder. The cops couldn't do anything because I never got their names or license plates, so I never did find out what happened to those guys. This happened to me last night. 
For reference, I live in a college town. I, 21 female, was walking down the sidewalk to enter my friend's apartment building around 9pm, so it was dark out already. I had to park down the street a ways due to all the spots being filled up. As I approach her building, an older man, late 40s I guess, wearing a wife beater and dirty jeans steps in front of me, facing me and gets very close to me while saying, Hey baby. I'm no stranger to the occasional harassment, so I quickly sidestep him and go on my way. To me, it seemed obvious he didn't live in the complex since it's mostly occupied by 20-something-year-old undergrads. Now, in order to get to my friend's apartment, I have to take a smaller path to get to the back of the building. I was walking on that and I didn't hear him behind me anymore, but as I enter the more unlit part, I looked behind me just to check. He was right behind me. Not at a normal following distance, no, he was so close to me that I could reach out and touch him. And he was walking fairly silently, as I hadn't been able to hear him even though we were the only ones walking around. Now, I'm terrified at this point. I see some people in front of me on the stairs, so I start running toward them and into the more lit area. I was yelling, I don't know you, please get away from me. I began to pull out my pepper spray while still running toward the onlookers who were still on the stairs. He got flustered and ran away, and I was able to contact my friend and get inside. Even though he had left, the people who had witnessed this all happen ended up not even saying a word to me and going back inside. I'm not really sure what else they could have done at that point, but being alone while waiting for my friend to let me in made me feel incredibly unsafe. I held on to my pepper spray until I was completely inside the locked building. The OP did make an edit. Uh, thank you for all the support, you guys. It's both comforting and horrible to know that many of you have had similar experiences. I recently purchased a taser to add to my personal protection. Friendly reminder to always be aware of your surroundings and have a plan ready for if stuff goes south. There are some pretty unsavory characters out there. Last night, my roommate and I made a last-minute decision to go night swimming at the river in our city. It was around 8pm, so there were still a few people hanging out in the area, but it was quite dark. About 15 minutes after we got there, I saw a man shining his flashlight and seemingly looking for something near where we put our stuff. I said, hey, keep an eye on that guy, to my roommate, semi-loud, and he obviously heard us and scurried away. I began to feel anxious, but I waited a little bit to say something to my roommate. Eventually I did, and we decided to leave. We packed our stuff up, and we began to walk up the staircase that leads to the parking lot using our flashlights to see the steps. When out of the corner of my eye, I see a dark shadow dodge into some bushes at the top. I stopped and grabbed my roommate's arm and said, nah, nope, and started walking back down the stairs. I told my roommate what I saw when we got to the bottom, and she said it was probably just a tree blowing in the wind. 
I started getting the strangest feeling in my stomach that I've never had before, ever, and I just knew that if we went up the stairs, something bad was going to happen. I stood at the bottom and began to shine my light up to the top, trying to see if I could see anyone, and sure enough, I saw the outline of a man for a split second. As soon as the light hit him, he ducked behind the bushes again. Obviously, I went into full-blown panic mode and started looking for other people that were there, hoping they could walk us to our car. Luckily, we found a couple not far from the steps, and they walked us to our car, but seemed quite annoyed about it. When we got to the top of the stairs, he was nowhere to be found. A few hours later, after we got home, I got a notification on my neighbor's app. It's the Ring doorbell app that sends crime alerts for your area, and it said that someone was stabbed only a few streets away from where we were. Now, I'm 100% certain this guy's intentions were bad. I don't know if he was planning on kidnapping us or robbing us, but I just know something really bad would have happened if I hadn't been paying attention, and we walked up those stairs. I'm not sure if he was the person that stabbed someone, but the notification just scared me even more. I still feel sick to my stomach because of all this. Hey there, friends. I hope you enjoyed this really interesting collection of creepy encounters. I really do appreciate all of you guys sticking around to watch it, and I hope that these can educate as well as entertain. Do not trust strangers unless you can, unless you think you can absolutely trust the strangers and that you do. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Stranger danger and whatnot. Um, people are weird. <laughs> if you did enjoy this and would like more content like this or content that's so very different. It's almost like comparing hand drills to Pokemon. Please consider joining the Nevermore. To join the Nevermore, all you gotta do is hit that subscribe button and the bell icon next to it. That makes you part of the Nevermore. You can also do things to support the Nevermore, such as clicking on any of the links down below that go to my media websites, social media websites, or supporting me through Patreon or Coffee. All appreciated and all optional. But if you do any of it, thank you, genuinely. Thank you to all of you guys that were at the live stream where I recorded this, just so you know. You're all amazing people. And to those of you who couldn't make it, it's okay. There will be more in the future, I promise. All that said, friends, I hope you have a beautiful day and a wonderful week, and I will see you on the next video. But until then, my lovely friends, sleep well.